2021. Now, you can follow along. Now, uh, we haven't had notes up the past couple of weeks because PJ just didn't put them up. So don't go to the website today. I've just realised I haven't put the notes up for you. You can follow along with the screen, but normally you can go to our website. But you'll forgive me one time, right? Yes. Is there, is there love and forgiveness from more than one person? <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. Just once. Just once, just once. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, so normally you can go to vineyardcc.org. Click on latest message and we'll have the notes there and uh, I'll make sure I do that for next time. Oops, uh, that's all right. You can also, if you're new and visiting us, um, you'll get a welcome bag today, hopefully, if you haven't already, um, but Ian's onto that, so that's awesome. Uh, and there's a, there's a new person's card in there. If you want to connect with our church, the best way is to get added to our database and we'd love to connect with you. So you can fill out that card or you can go to the website and do the exact same thing uh, click on I'm new. It's very obvious, easy to find, and you can give us your details that way. Is that cool? Are we ready for the word? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. This is the last in my series that I've been doing on uh, toxic emotions. You know, you start the year usually with some sort of detox, right? You've eaten too much food maybe over Christmas, or you've just made a decision, I want to be healthier, or you know, all those lovely New Year's resolutions that we make, and after maybe three days, they're, <laughs> they're done. Uh, so I was talking to the youth on Friday night about goals and, and resolutions and stuff, and one of them said, my New Year's resolution is not to eat chocolate, and I just handed out chocolate to all the kids and that. And I'm like, well, we just broke that one. But anyway, that's all good. Um, so what we've talked about so far, the first thing we talked about was worry. Now, it's okay to feel worried, but it's how we process and deal with that worry. Uh, so why borrow from tomorrow's troubles um, that will most likely never come? That's what worry is, worrying about things to come that may or may not come. That's what worry is. And so we need to behold Jesus, just like the song we've sung today, Beholding Jesus. And worry um, dissipates when we behold Jesus and fix our eyes on him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. We know the song, most of us. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. So let's look to Jesus. Uh, the next thing we talked about, worry, then fear. So fear, uh, fear and faith can't coexist. So you either have one or the other. But here's the thing, faith trumps fear every time and we flex our faith muscle when we do that. It's, it's hard because we've got to work out to do that, don't we? We've got to flex our faith muscle and, and we do that by beholding Jesus. So again, fixing your eyes on him. But we can't be in fear and have faith at the same time. They, they don't coexist, so it's one or the other. Uh, then the last time I spoke was on discouragement. And it's like a hand that reaches right into your heart and rips out your courage, rips out your confidence, takes it away. And it's one of the most dangerous things that can actually happen to a Christian. And it's the thing that um, the problem is the most common response to a discouragement is to run away or to hide. Or, um, and we talked about how um, running away from the enemy but not running to God. So it's like running away and hiding and isolating ourselves when what we actually need to do is run to God. Uh, and God is here. So this is a good place to run to. Uh, if you know someone that's at home and they're, they're isolating themselves because they've gone through a difficult season... This is the best place they could be simply because they are welcome here. And if they come in here crying, if they come in here emotional, that's okay. Because we're here to love on them, accept them, 
not to judge them, and I touched on that. We don't want to be those people that go, well, it's been two years now, you should be over that. Well, no, no, you, you don't walk a mile in their shoes and then you'll understand. So we don't judge people here. We embrace them and love them. Amen? Amen. That's what the house of God should be, a safe place. Those of you that follow us on social media, that's what I posted on our Facebook page. If you don't follow us, like us on Facebook. Every day there's something cool or funny or silly or whatever that goes up on there just to get your attention. So engage in that. Share it. Do whatever you do uh, online. So toxic emotions. Uh, I want to tell a story. A young girl, it's true because I got it on Google, so it must be real. (laughs) A young girl who was writing a paper for school came to her father and asked, Dad, what's the difference between anger and exasperation? It's a good question, isn't it? The father replied, it is mostly a matter of degree. Let me show you what I mean. With that, the father went to the telephone and he dialed a number at random. To the man who answered the phone, he said, hello, is Melvin there? And the man answered, there's no one living here named Melvin. Why don't you learn to look up numbers before you dial them? Hung up the phone. See, said the father to his daughter, that man was not a bit happy with our call at all. He was probably very busy with something and we annoyed him. Now watch this. The father dialed the same number again. Hello, is Melvin there? Asked the father. Now look here, came the heated reply. You just called this number and I told you there's no Melvin here. You've got a lot of nerve calling again. The receiver slammed the phone down twice as hard this time. The father turned to his daughter and said, you see, that was anger. (laughs) Now I'll show you what exasperation means. He dialed the same number again. And then a violent voice roared, Hello! The the father calmly said, Hello, this is Melvin. Have there been any calls for me? (laughs) That's exasperation right there. Here's another story, equally as true. The story is told of a woman who was bitten by a mad dog. It looked as if she was going to die of rabies, so the doctor told her she should make her will. So taking her pen and paper, she began to write. In fact... She wrote and she wrote. Man, this was just a long thing she was writing. Finally, the doctor said, that is surely a long will you're making. She snorted, will nothing. I'm making a list of all the people I'm going to bite. Okay, 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 that was good. It was a bit slow on the laughter afterwards. Was that polite laughter because you're just being nice to me? So today (laughs) I'm talking about anger. Have you ever noticed people are angrier now than ever? Have you noticed that? You know, why do people get angry? What a good question. Anger arises out of uh, fear, frustration and hurt, or a combination of all three. Uh, People are self-centred and self-absorbed more now than ever. Uh, We grow angry because we get overlooked and overstressed. Some of us are working too hard and uh, we get angry easy. They say burning the candle at both ends and and at the middle. (laughs) Life throws things at us that cause us to react in anger as well. You know, some people that drive really... No, we won't go there. That's probably the biggest, touchiest one, isn't it? Road rage. We get overlooked and and we feel like we're not appreciated. That can cause anger. Anger can be caused because of internal or external things going on. So stuff happening on the inside of you, stuff happening around about you. Let's define anger. It's... A strong feeling of displeasure or hostility. Some of you could be feeling that towards me right now. Stupid seat setting. Why are we doing this? Seriously. There's no coronavirus in Stanford. What are we doing? I don't know. Hopefully there's no one like that. 
Everyone here is compliant, camera. It's all good. Uh, so, one of the most common terms used today by psychiatrists is, I don't know if Sue knows this, do you know LFT? Yeah, it's pretty common. Low frustration tolerance. Big words to say you get ticked off easily. Uh, so, we have allowed circumstances and situations and schedules and people to crowd out our ability to tolerate frustration. So, which basically means when you get frustrated, you become angry quicker than we ever used to before. We become people who live on the edge, on the brink of eruption. So here's the bottom line. We get angry too easily. And so I want to show us today how to attack anger in such a way to slow it down. Notice I'm saying to slow it down, not to get rid of it. Because remember, we've been saying right through this series, it's okay to feel emotion. Hey, Jesus got angry. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it's okay to feel emotion. It's how we deal with and process and walk through that emotion that determines whether we're being a person of godly character or not. So let's look at some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32 says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Oh, gee. <laughs> Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Uh, any conviction already? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm not the only one. And yes, I'm the pastor. Okay. The next one is uh, James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. It says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. That's a big one. And slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Father God, help us. This is such a challenging topic because I guarantee most of us in this room at some point in our life has been angry. And so God, help us to deal with this very strong emotion that comes at such a quick rate these days because of the world we live in. But it's not an excuse, God. Help us to be godly. Help us to lay our emotions at your feet and trust you to lead us and guide us in wisdom and truth every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we've got to realize the first thing. Realize that people get angry. <laughs> I think we know that. Uh, Ephesians 4, 26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Many of us would have heard that scripture before. So people get angry. You know, like this dude down here. He looks pretty angry. Uh, God knows it. He knows people get angry. And so he tells us, get angry, but don't sin. That's important. God shows us angry people in the Bible. There's plenty of examples. Peter, Moses, John the Baptist, Jonah. They all got angry at different things. The point is, we're part of the human race. And as long as we are, uh, we will have to face the fact of getting angry at times. Because it's a very real emotion that we all feel and express in different ways. Uh, so people get angry over... You know, a few things. People get angry over people. Some people just go, church would be awesome if there was no people in it. <laughs> you know, somebody annoys you 
Here's the key. Listen to this. Somebody annoys you and you let them get you angry. That's important. That person didn't make you angry. That You let that person, Trevor. I think I need an altar call at the end of today's service. Somebody annoys there's not enough room. Somebody annoys you and you let them get you angry. People get angry over perceptions. So your view is different. Um, and, and of course, your view is right uh, all the time. And why does the other person not get it? What a fool. So you get angry at them because they don't understand you. Hey, look, there are a lot of Christians in the room probably guilty of that. And uh, we need to understand that people are allowed to have different ideas and they're still going to go to heaven. You know, It doesn't make them a son of the devil because they don't agree with you. Who died and made us judge? We don't judge people, okay? And if you do, I pray God convicts you and you say sorry to those people because we don't judge people. It's not my job to judge people. I don't go, well, you're a godly person, but you're not because you think that and you're not. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever. That means everyone. It's not exclusive. Everyone can call upon the name of the Lord. It's their choice if they do or not, but if they choose to or choose not to, it's not our job to judge them. Because how do you know that they just need a little bit longer to make their choice? So just be careful with that when people don't agree with perhaps your perception on things. And and the third one is priorities. Your priorities perhaps don't line up with somebody else's priorities, so you get angry because like, well, that's important. You know, we need to do that. But then you might think, well, that's not really that important. And then there's the clash and anger comes. So we have to watch that. Um, I've got an example here, and we can relate to this, I think, Anita. Uh, it's like two different types of people uh, going to an event. One type is the one that likes to arrive early. Take the airport, for example. Like when I go on travel overseas or whatever, I, I, not that that happens these days, but I like to get to the airport early. I don't care if I'm sitting in the terminal for two hours. I don't care. I'm there and I'm ready to get on my plane. But then there's that other kind of person that's like, yeah, I've got at least another 10 minutes before I need to start driving to the airport. And they're the ones that the people are on the loudspeakers going, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, please come to gate. Da, da, da. And, and you're waiting and that two different kinds of people. And, and that causes anger, doesn't it? So, you know, I like to be on time, Anita. And, and Anita does too, but just for whatever reason, <laughs> doesn't seem to quite be ready as early as me. And it's because she's got squillions of things to do and she works so hard and she's a beautiful wife and I love her so much. And let's just keep going now. Valentine's Day in the doghouse. Anyway. All right. We've got to realise people get angry. Here's the second thing. We've got to recognise that there are two types of anger. Okay. There's righteous anger. So I'm going to read John chapter 2. Have I got it up there? Oh, verse 15's up there. I'm going to read from verse 13 to verse 17. So it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. And in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, uh, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Here's verse 15. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money charges, coins over the floor, and turned over the tables. What a sight that would have been. Then, going to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. 
Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. That's righteous anger. He was like, what is going on in God's temple? And he's flipping tables and cracking whips and wow. Jesus demonstrated this when he cleaned out and cleansed the temple. He was angry because they'd lost the purpose of the temple. And righteous anger happens when we see injustice, things that are just not right. And we resolve to do something about it. Like it's not right that there are still people on the planet that don't get clean drinking water. So I'm fired up about that and I want to do something. Or it's not right that kids, you know, miss out on education. So I'm going to get involved in child sponsorship to make a difference. Even if it's just one kid, I'm going to make a difference because I'm so angry that that kid misses out unless I step up and do something. That's righteous anger. Um, You know, righteous anger is, some of you may remember this, and I'm not going to mention names, but you may remember when this happened. But in our church, we had a person come and join us for a short time. And uh, I was giving an altar call in church. And this person wanted to stand up and say something. He felt that it was, oh, I said he. They, <laughs> he felt, you know, it's a guy now, but he felt that uh, he had something to bring. And, and so I, an altar call is a sensitive time, literally just put my hand up and did this, looked at him with the eyes and just did that. And he didn't like that one bit. And so he sat down. He, he, he was obedient there. But then at the end of the service, he come up and met me here. He was in my face like this and attempted to rebuke me and say, you're doing it under your own strength. You should have allowed me to say what God had anointed me to say, right in my face. So I let him just blow the steam off and say, and then I said, are you finished? And then righteous anger kicked in. (laughs) And I didn't raise my voice. I didn't get angry. But I felt the Holy Spirit come on me and I rebuked him. And I just said, listen, I've got accountability firstly to God. Because what I say, man, my head's on the chopping block. You guys are all cool. You just sit there, relax. But I'm up here talking. So I've got to make sure that I'm saying things that are good doctrine, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So I've got that pressure already. But I'm accountable to God for what I say and how we run the meetings here and stuff. I'm accountable to our church board. I'm accountable to our movement. We're part of the Australian Christian Churches and I have accountability structures in place there. And I said all of this to him in a voice like this, just explaining it all. And I said, but I'm not accountable to you because I don't know you. You've been here five minutes, and I don't have to explain myself to you, but that time of the meeting is inappropriate to do anything because God's moving. And so if you don't like how I'm running church here, that's okay. There's the door, and we love you. God bless you. Um, But don't come if you don't like what I'm doing here because I believe I'm called here by God. When he left, I breathed. (laughs) Because, you know, it takes a bit of backbone to stay calm and do all of that. He he, He grabbed a coffee. Um, and, then, and, then he, and then he left. So that was righteous anger. So you can be like that. I didn't call him anything. I, didn't, I wasn't rude to him, but I gave him a choice. And I think that's what righteous anger can do. It gives, you, know, you shouldn't really be doing this. Here's the option. And if you don't want to do that option, then see ya. And that's what we did. So then there's unrighteous anger. This is the anger when you're behind the steering wheel of your car. And someone's at the roundabout and they're just not going through and they have a dozen opportunities to go and you're sitting there getting unrighteously angry. Come on, I've got to be somewhere. You've had 10 opportunities. So let's read Genesis um, chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 3 to 7. Verse 5 is up there. But when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Um, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. 
The Lord accepted Abel as, um, and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. We look at the scripture around first fruits time. Why are you so angry? said the Lord, asked Cain. Um, the Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? You'll be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. See, Cain had unrighteous anger towards his brother because he was jealous and towards God because God accepted his brother. So he's angry. And because Cain did not do what was right and was not accepted, he got angry. Here's the point. Instead of changing and getting it right, Cain wanted to stay wrong and be right. Unrighteous anger. He didn't want to change. He wanted everyone else to change to conform to what he felt was right. That's a challenge, isn't it? Some of us might be be like that at times, where we want everyone in a room to conform to what we think is right. Remember the the, the understandings, you're, you're always correct. But then there's a room of people that perhaps think differently. Well, we need to just learn to firstly love each other because we all love Jesus in this room. We all love God. We have different, perhaps, persuasions or understandings of what the Bible speaks to us. And that's okay because ultimately we're accountable to God for our, our journey and our walk and the choices that we make. But don't be the person in the room that gets angry the minute everyone doesn't conform to what you think is right because that's not right. So we've got to realise that people get angry. It's, it's the world we live in. There are two types of anger, the unrighteous and the righteous anger. Here's the third thing. We've got to learn to respond to anger the right way because we're all going to feel it. Anger doesn't disappear when you become a Christian and you're perfect and there's angels and halos and yay. <laughs> anger comes because we are human. Ephesians 4.26 again. Don't let uh, sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. It's such a good principle because the longer you leave it, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but the longer you leave anger, the harder it is to deal with later. So don't get into sin because of your anger. It's not the emotion of your anger because that's okay, but it's the response to that emotion, the action that we take. So what is the result of your anger? It's a rhetorical question for you to ask yourself. When you get angry, what happens? There's a right way of dealing with that anger, a godly way. And the scripture tells us, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's encouraging the believer to deal with unresolved conflict. Don't let it sit there. Don't let it slide. Don't go, ah, well, it's too long now. Deal with it as quickly as you can. Some people need longer than others to digest and get over what might have just happened. So we have to be respectful of that as well because sometimes you just need space and you might be ready to come and say your sorries but the person could still be hurt and they need a bit more time. So we need wisdom there and that comes from the Holy Spirit. But it's better to attempt to deal with it sooner than later. So if you went up to... My advice would be if you went up to someone and said, look, I'm just not ready to deal with this yet, what you need to do is then pass the ball. And just say, I understand you need time. I was hurtful or whatever. But I'm ready and willing to talk this out when you're ready. So could you contact me as soon as you're ready to do it? And then you've played your part. Still follow it up later perhaps. But you've, you've passed the ball. You've said, you're in control now. And I admit I was wrong. And uh, I want you to contact me when you'd like to 
talk this through a bit more because I really want to make this right. How's that? Easy, easy. We can do that. We can do that. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with unresolved conflict. You know, people don't will... If you don't deal with stuff, then stuff deals with you. If you don't deal with it, it's going to be there. It's going to be festering. It's just, it never goes away. Better to deal with it. You know, when you have unresolved conflict, it gives place to the enemy to come in and have a field day. He loves it when there's conflict because he can come right in there and make a real mess of it. You know, notice right after um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. So we read 26. Verse 27 says, For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Wow. Here's the point. The enemy works in areas of unresolved conflict. So we need to, the quicker we deal with them, the less foothold the enemy can have in that situation. So he works in the recesses of the mind. He starts to play tricks in your mind. You start, you replay the event over and then it starts to magnify more and it makes it worse than it probably ever was. But because you keep replaying it in your mind, it's just going and going and going. And, and if you unresolve it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Deal with it quickly. All right. Realize that people get angry. Two types of anger, resolved, uh, righteous anger and unrighteous anger. And then respond to anger the right way. Here's what we came for. How to deal with anger. Who wants to know? Let's deal with this anger, shall we? Here's a good one. Reflect before reacting. Take some time. I know we just said deal with it quickly, but have a moment of reflection before reacting. So if something happens that upsets you, don't just... Because what comes out is not going to be you, (laughs) the natural you. It's going to be you in the pressure and the heat of the moment. Stuff's going to come out that you're not going to mean. Reflect before reacting. Okay, I'm really angry about this, but I'm just going to step back, breathe. I don't know what exercises you can do, but you can breathe. You can just take, you remove yourself from the situation, walk out of the room, go somewhere else, get away from the whatever it is that's impacted you and have some space just for a moment to reflect and go, How can I deal with this in a godly way? It's harder to do that. It's easy to say. But in the heat of the moment, that's the advice. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. I think it gets easier with age too, because you start to, I guess, care a little bit less about what comes at you from other people. I know when I was younger, I was a bit of a fiery whatever. Uh, in my young adult years, I'd sort of snap back. And, whereas now I, th- I think I'm getting better. <laughs> there are still some situations that are challenging, let's be real. But I believe I'm getting better at holding back, reserving the big explosion uh, and, and trying to reflect more. Uh, it's not easy. So Godspeed to you. <laughs> Define the offence. That's what you've got to do. Ask yourself these questions Why am I angry? This is going to help you reflect rather than walk away. Why am I angry? What do I want to happen in this situation? How do I want to see a resolution? How can I help promote steps towards a resolution? Um, Ask yourself those questions and that helps with your reflection. But then realise the cost. There's a cost to anger. Uh, just by thinking about the cost, that'll deter you from lashing out. If I go off at this person right now, what does it mean for my future with that person? Whether they're a friend, a spouse, or whatever they are. Maybe just another church member, but the point is you've got to come to church in the same building. 
so what's the cost? Now, I could go off right now because I'm angry, rah, let it all come out, but what's the cost? Does it break my friendship with that person, my relationship? Does it ruin all for the sake of me selfishly wanting to get out how I feel? Or can we take a step back, ask those reflective questions? Why am I angry? What do I want as a result of this? Do I really want to ruin this friendship, this relationship, this whatever it is? Or do I just need to breathe for a minute and deal with it? So realise the cost, that's important. And realise it the right way. So be honest with yourself. Don't make stuff up. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. This is how I'm feeling, God. Allow him to speak to you. Allow yourself to be angry, but not in the confines of you. Step away. Don't unleash it. And I'm not saying hold it in either. Allow yourself to be angry. Go away and reflect with that emotion rather than spraying out whatever comes out. Here's some do-nots. Don't suppress it. I talked, um, I do a day of chaplaincy at Warwick Christian College and I talked to a student about anger and I often use this analogy, the Coke can. So when you start shaking a Coke can, what happens? The pressure inside, you can feel the can kind of get really tight. And I said, what happens if you keep shaking that Coke can? And, and then you get even more and more and more and the kids say, it's going to explode. That's what our anger does if we suppress our anger. If we're the kind of person that, well, I'm just going to hold that emotion in, you're going to get to an explosion point. And that's not pretty. <laughs> we want to deal with anger before we get to that point. Because how many of you know an exploded can of Coke is a mess? Sticky, yuck, a bit like our anger when it explodes out of us. Don't suppress it. Don't repress it. Don't express it. They all kind of rhyme. It's cool. But here's a do. Do confess it. Do confess it. Talk to God. And that's you releasing it. That's how you can release it. Take it out. If God's got big shoulders, trust me, you're not going to offend him or upset him. If you need to just rah to God, that's okay because he loves you and he'll forgive you and he will lead you through that process. But don't suppress it. Don't repress it. Don't express it. But confess it. Do confess it. Realign your mind and your relationships. Romans 12.2 speaks to us about renewing our mind by the word of God. Uh, Proverbs 22 verses 24 and 25 says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. In other words, you become who you hang around. The Bible has many verses that marry up with that statement. Think about who you're hanging around. If they're an angry person, they're going to glean onto you. Rely on God's control. The Holy Spirit lives in you, the believer, and the fruit of the Spirit will grow if you cultivate the Word of God in your life. That's what we need to do. That helps us deal with our anger by cultivating the Word of God in our life. Here's the conclusion. You can live free from anger. It's not going to disappear, but you can learn to deal with it accordingly. You must put yourself right with God. If you're the kind of person who gets angry all the time, my question is, how's your relationship with God? And I don't say that to make you feel bad, but I trust the Holy Spirit brings that conviction. Are you close to God at the moment? 
Are you far away? Are you distant? Do you think you're close but you're not? And you're getting angry a lot? Just draw closer to him. Every single one of these emotions, worry, fear, discouragement, anger, what's been the answer? (laughs) Run to Jesus. Set your eyes on him. Build your relationship with him. Worship him. Read his word. Draw near to him and he will free you and release you from the control of these emotions. They won't control you anymore because you will be in control of them. You've got to have a real authentic relationship with God to overcome anger. Real and authentic. And you've got to access God's presence. Again, come to the house. Have him in your home. Every single day, acknowledge his presence. Worship him. Love him. See, we've got to get right with God. We've got to get on track with handling anger the right way. And we've got to get on track with being real with God. And when we do those things, anger will come under control. Because we learn the pattern. Instead of explosion, which is what anger is, when we let it out, It's regress, step back, move yourself from the situation and have time with God and allow him to put his finger on the things that are really bothering you and work them out with him and then be quick to go and resolve it with the other person. Can I pray for you this morning? Bow your heads in this place. Father God, anger is such a tough thing. We all experience it to different levels in our life. Sometimes we try and justify our anger and say it's righteous anger, but we know it's not. It's just us trying to get our own way. So God, right now we want to say we're sorry. The times that we've let you down, we've let ourselves down, we've let the people that we've been angry at down. Forgive us, God, because we're not perfect. We need you to help us. We need you. We need your presence to lead us and guide us. Give us wisdom. Help us make good choices when it comes to dealing with these emotions. Father God, we want to be set free from anger that controls and manipulates us. We want to release that, Father God, that tension to you. We want you to be the Lord of our life. So help us, Father God. Heal us. If we need to say sorry to someone, help us do that. Give us wisdom with how we do that. And God, from this day forward, help us to do our utmost to look to you when we feel any of these emotions, worry, discouragement, fear, anger. Help us to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, the lifter of our head, the one that encourages us, the one that breaks every chain of sin and doubt and condemnation. Father, we surrender to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. If you're in this place and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity to surrender your life to him. And uh, I couldn't emphasize enough how much of a help Jesus is to overcome these emotions. If you're that kind of person that worries a lot, if you're living in fear, if you feel discouraged and heartbroken and let down, or if you're angry quite frequently, Jesus, the lover of your soul, he loves you despite you feeling like that, despite you going through that journey. He loves you no matter what because he loves you first. That means there's no conditions. And so if you're in this place and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you're not joining this church, you're joining the kingdom of God. 
I want to encourage you, if you're at home as well and you're listening to this or watching this online, this is your moment to surrender to Jesus. And so if you've done it before, you can do it again, recommit your life to him. Maybe something in today's message has really prompted you to want to make that rededication to Jesus. Or maybe you're doing this for the very first time. But could you just lift your hand where you are if you want to receive Jesus today? Allow him to fill that void in your heart that only he can fill. Yeah. Fantastic. People responding to Jesus. That's so good. So good. Let's all say this prayer together, and especially those that lifted their hands. Maybe you should have lifted your hand and you didn't. That's okay. But you can say this prayer, and we're going to all say it together. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you came, that you died for me. I've done wrong. I've sinned. I've made bad choices. I've lived a life perhaps of fear, worry, discouragement, anger. Forgive me, God. I now choose you to be my Lord and Saviour. And you release me from those emotions. They're not in control of me anymore. Because you are in control. So I live all my days for you. And thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we praise God? Praise God. Awesome. Ah, so growth, growing pains, preaching on the stage, yay. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. You all get to see me now. You only just realised I'm up here, right? <laughs> it's a bit different, but it's good because we can fit more chairs, we could push it forward a bit more. So that's really cool. Make sure we're here early next Sunday. Put your hand on your heart. Father God, I swear before the people are surrounded in me in this place that I will be here early. Uh, every Sunday, to the best of my ability, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, very good. It'll bless our team, it'll help them, and uh, that would be cool. God bless you. Morning tea, your coffee should be brought to you. I think that's the plan. So let's just, in faith, believe that the coffee is coming. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. Thanks, church.